<clears throat> I frequently make use of the oddities of the English language. Um, it is fun to do, and there's so many opportunities uh, to do that with it. Um, words that uh, have multiple meanings uh, are interesting, especially, I mean, most words have multiple meanings, but, but words that have meanings that do not seem to intersect with each other are, are interesting to me. Uh, and um, I'm sure that somewhere in the past, uh, there was a connection that someone made and started using those, those words. For example, last week we talked about yielding. Now, uh, we spoke about and we're talking about these passive characters that we have uh, that, that draw us closer to God. Uh, and, and we talked about yielding in terms of surrendering, uh, surrendering my control, surrendering my direction, surrendering to God. Now, I could have preached a sermon. In fact, Jesus did preach sermons talking about yield from an agricultural standpoint, right? He, he talked about uh, s- some yields 100% and some uh, are 100-fold and, uh, and, and some 30-fold. And, and yield has a completely different meaning. And I'm going to tell you, because I'm not an agricultural person, I have no idea how surrender and crop production has anything to do with each other, but somewhere, someone decided that these should have the same English word to, uh, assigned to, to, to both concepts. Right? So, uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I want to um, be very clear when we're using words of what we mean by things. And, and so, I want to kind of go into the past of sermons that I've preached because it's going to sound like I'm being contradictory. Um, I preached a sermon uh, uh, on peace. And, and we talked about peace being something that, you, uh, that is made. Right? We, we talked about how, how many people talk about uh, peace and, and uh, I, I'm finding peace and, and uh, like, like peace is an object. Uh, and, and how uh, really we look at peace and, and the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And we talked about the, the Beatitudes and things like that, that, that peace is something made. In other words, it's active. And yet here in the middle of a sermon, a, a, a sermon series on, on passive character traits, we're going to talk about peace. And that sounds contradictory, and I don't want to be contradictory. Uh, so I want, to, I want to clarify just a little bit about peace. Uh, that there are, Peace comes on in different topics. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to contradict what I said. Peace is made. Um, we... Uh, When we have a, a diverse topic, it can get confusing, all right? and, and, and we can talk about one aspect of one thing, and it can, it can then, uh, if we assume that the entire topic is this one phraseology, then we can, uh, then we can try to force everything into that, that one phraseology. Um, the Bible is, like, we're, we're used to the poetic nature of the Bible, right? And there's so many verses in there that and we're going to come across a few that, that are so poetic we sometimes miss the depth. And sometimes we, we miss kind of the, uh, the not pleasant part of a passage because it's, it's written so poetically. Let me give you a, a not biblical illustration. Uh, 
if you're a younger guy uh, and, and you know a girl that uh, that is uh, you're interested in, and, and you you think, and, and maybe she's the type that would uh, she would be subject to a line, right? Guys often think that the line, uh, uh, throwing out a good line is, is a good idea. Probably not. Uh, never worked for me, but uh, you might say something like, you have a face that can make the sands of time stand still. Well, that's poetic. Right? That's fairly poetic. But if you said, you have a face that could stop a clock. <laughs> now you said the same thing, right? One, if you have a girl that, that does like lines, I suggest you use one of those and not the other one. <laughs> Right? We, we get used to the poetic nature of things. And sometimes the real meaning of something is, is a lot different. So when we talk about peace, here's this verse. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's poetic. If, just, if Paul wrote, in the peace of God, which makes no sense at all, that will guard your hearts. Right? That's what he said. The peace which is more than you can understand. It does not make sense to you. But it's going to guard your hearts anyway. That, that, that doesn't sound quite poetic. Right? There's a lot of thoughts in the Bible that are really deep. And we get lost in, in the fact that God has communicated to the, them to us so poetically. That our, our mind just doesn't grasp what God is really trying to say to us. This peace that passes understanding sounds wonderful, but not peace that doesn't make sense to me. I like stuff to make sense, and it doesn't always. Peace is always made. I want to reiterate that sermon. I'm not going to re-preach it, but I just want to reiterate that. Colossians 1.18 through 20 says, He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was, was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Peace is always made. There's, it's always actively made. So when we talk about Passive, being passive, what do you mean? If it's always made, if it's always an action, how can I be passive in it? This peace is different from the peace that we were talking about. Peace with you, that's up to me. At least 50%. Right? In as much as possible, live at peace with all men. There's a, there's a, there's a, that type of peace I can make. But the type that reconciles me to God, I cannot make. Someone had to make it for me. Christ had to do that. That's beyond my ability. So I'm going to be passive in that one. Because so many people have tried to make peace with God. Make your peace with God. You can't. Christ made peace with us. We're going to have to be passive in it. We're going to try to attempt to, to discuss, discuss how we can do that. Uh, one more passage before we really get into this. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give to you. Not like the world gives. Again, the activity was done by Christ. The making of it, the giving of it. We are passive in it. So do not let your hearts be troubled and don't let them be afraid. We may come back to this. Spoiler alert. So I want to talk about the passive ideas of peace or the strange, un- mis- misunderstood, ununderstandable ideas of peace. First of all, peace. Uh, let's look at Third uh, John I never know to say 3 John 15 or 3 John 1 15, but this is how it copied when I copied and pasted it. So, peace be to you. The friends greet you. So greet the friends, each by name. And this is a closing. And I like this phrase, peace be. First of all, peace is a state of existence. Peace be. That's a weird, that's weird. That's a strange idea. Peace be. I just, peace is, but peace be. Peace be. It is a state of existence. That's why it's passive. For us. Not for God. God for God, it's a thing he made. This is a closing of a, of a letter. In fact... Peace is a, either a, commonly a, an opening. Paul opens almost every letter. Grace and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace. It closes many letters. Peace. But it's not just a throwaway greeting. Most of our greetings, they, they have origins that we, we don't necessarily know where they come from. We say goodbye. Do you know where that comes from? What does goodbye mean? Someone read, this is how it was originally spelled. It's actually a contraction. That's what it is. God be with you, with ye. And someone just shortened it up. It it had a meaning before it was just this weird word that seemed to materialize out of nowhere. It was just a contraction. God be with you. And, and, and this was, they, they used peace the same way. Peace be. It's a state of existence. God be, peace be. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, this is interesting, talking about this state of existence. He himself is, so this is like reversed here, our peace. So it's not just something God made. It's something he is. He himself, specifically talking about Christ here, is our peace who has made us both one. So this is, again, going back to that reconciliation, right? And has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. That's the action that he did to, to make peace. But, but it goes beyond that. We, we talked about the pay attention to the identifiers in the Bible. They're so important. Everything in the Bible is important. But, but to, to notice, we, we talk about God is love, God is holy. Those, those identifier words, those, are, those strike at the core. I mean, God has many character traits, and God has many things that, that he does. And, but pay attention to the ones that 
that God says, I identify through these things. The Spirit is life. Christ is peace. Right? So many things that Christ said throughout his ministry strike at peace because he identifies with that concept, one of many. It's not just something he brings. It's not just something he makes. He makes it because he is it. Christ is peace, genuine, genuine peace. That's why he says, my peace, my peace I give to you. I'm going to define it. When you looked at the word peace, there's a picture of Christ in the dictionary, right? That, that, that's the way it should be. Peace is a state of existence. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. I love these. Uh, we look at a couple of these. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these various things, we're not going to read the whole context. I want to grab one thought out of here. He says, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him. I talked last week about losing my children um, three times. That's, I want you to be, to be clear about something. That is all three times that I have lost my children. <laughs> just so you don't think that's a sampling of the, of the events. That is... Now, we have left kids behind. Bruce was fortunately here. But they weren't lost. We knew where they were. We just didn't know they were here. Uh, and they were found. Someone said, you know, you might have, after church last week, someone said, you know, you might have eight kids. We don't know how many kids you have. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that they all look alike. So, so that's, that's hard. Um, they were found. And they were found, why? Because they were in a location. Peace is a location. Look at this. I love this passage. Be diligent to be found. Found where? If you're found somewhere, then you're somewhere, right? Where is it found? At peace. I found him at peace. Right? We had one son that was found at an orphanage. We had one son that was found at a, at a cafe. Right? Be found where? At peace. Now, I want you to be... I want to, Obviously, this is a metaphor. It's not a physical, literal truth. Right? I'm drawing an analogy to illustrate something. It's a metaphor to convey a couple of things. First of all, this idea of permanence. I'm at peace. Where are you at? I'm at peace. I'm not... Oh, I'm peaceful today and I'm not peaceful tomorrow. I am at peace. This is where I am. It's my location. And, and to illustrate also secondarily that, that Christ's identity becomes my identity. Christ is peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. Acts chapter 15 verse 33 <clears throat> Oh, that's the wrong one. How did that get out of order? Let's turn it. It didn't get into my notes. Acts chapter 15, verse 33. 
This is why I bring this up here. Oh. I'm prone to surprise myself. Acts 15, verse 33. Well, I'll probably have it out of order. I think it's in here later. It says, after spending some time there, they were sent back in peace by the brothers and sisters to those who had sent them. Well, as we talk about its location, it's also a mobile position. Right? They were sent back in it. They were moving in peace. I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at things. In other words, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter the activity that's happening around you. You can still be at peace. It's a mobile position, even while active. Now I want to combine... Uh, these two ideas, or three ideas. He says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourself and be at peace with one another. So he opens with a statement of my existence. All right, he's talking about the condition. I am like salt. He's like, you are salt, right? But he says, be Right? There's that state of existence, be. So be is such a, a strange word, really. Just simply to exist. Exist where? At. Be at peace. To exist in a location at peace with. Be at peace with other people. It's not a temporary thing. It's not like I'm peaceful with you today and I'm peaceful maybe you're not tomorrow. We'll see. It's dependent upon the variables. It's whatever the condition is among us, be at peace with. It's my state of existence no matter where I am and no matter what the situations are, no matter what the circumstances, be at peace with. I love this idea. So I want to talk about how we do it. Um, How do we master this state? Oh, there it is, out of order. How to master this skill. John 14, verse 27. Told you that we might come back to this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So, application, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Don't allow it. It's a passive thing. Just don't allow it. (laughs) Easy to say. Easy to say, John. Easy to say, Jesus, really. John just writing it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. It begins with gaining control of my emotions. 
out-of-control emotions are the number one opponent of an unpeaceful existence. We have one emotion primarily that fights that is fear. Your fear is the opponent of your peaceful existence. We're afraid of all kinds of things, some rational and some irrational. But we have to gain control of our emotions. Out of control emotions creates turbulence, and that's not a great catalyst for peace. Well, how are we going to get that? Because sometimes I don't feel like I can control my emotions. I'm afraid of something. It's really hard not. It's really hard not to be afraid if you're afraid, right? Like, don't be afraid. Uh, this is my current state of existence. I have this emotion. I, Christ recognized this. He said things like, "Be angry and sin not," right? I have an emotion. Okay. So I'm just going to have to not necessarily force the emotion to, to cease to exist in me. But I'm going to have to govern how that emotion operates or functions. And this is a, a way to do so. At least one. Romans chapter 8 verse 6. It says, The mind set on the flesh... Or to set the mind on the flesh, sorry, I memorized this as a kid in a different version, is death. The mind set on the spirit is. There's that existence word again. Mind set on the spirit is life. And so gaining control of my emotions, it, it, I can't make myself feel things that I don't feel, right? I feel it. That's, 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 I'm an innocent bystander sometimes in my emotions. This is the way I feel. And God says, all right, what you're going to have to do is start with what you know. Not even with what you understand, right? It's the piece that passes understanding. Sorry, don't understand it. It's illogical to me sometimes. My piece is not subject to what I understand. He says, the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's the peace that passes understanding. He didn't ask me to understand it. He just asked me to know it. There are things that I don't know and I can't explain, but I know them to be true. I just have to know it. It's a mindset. It's a, this is the mechanism. Sometimes the best calmer of emotions is information. Go back in in time and and look at how turbulent life was for people religiously or whatever because of the lack of information they had. They were more exploitable. People are more exploitable when they don't understand something or don't even know anything. You see more and more superstition the further back in time you go because they didn't have they had to come up with an explanation for something, so they came up with something. And, and, and as a result, they, they were governed by all these fears and all these things that, that popped up as a result. 
And so the further back in time you go, you find that pagan religions specifically had horrific things that they did. And they were in a constant state of fear because they didn't know. This is what Paul comes and he's, he says, this thing that you worship, you're very devout. And all of a sudden, as I see you're very devout. You've got like thousands of gods. I walk through your city and you've got thousands of gods. So the thing which you're worshiping, let me proclaim to you. Let me clear up some information. And we can get rid of all of them. And we can just replace it with one thing. You don't even need to have an altar. Great. Make things simple. Simplify. Information. When you don't understand something, you are very afraid of it. I can't understand everything. So, so even this will be an imperfect tool, but it is a good place to start. What I can do is I, I can know God. And that's why Christ identifies himself as peace. Christ is the one through whom we identify with God. Christ is, I, I, I came to reveal the Father to you. We have very little understanding of God. The closest we can come is to try to gain some understanding of God through what we understand of what was observed by Christ. His character, his behavior, his actions, his teachings. Christ came. He says, how do you not know the Father? He's like, you've been with me for three and a half years. How, how do you know what God is like? I'm, I'm, I'm like him. Right? That's what Christ came to do. And so the more that we understand or observe Christ through the, through the scriptures, the more we gain an understanding of God, the more we understand what it means to be at peace. I always end with a challenge. Here's my challenge. I ran out of time. <laughs> this is to be continued. But I want to leave you with something of substance. And it's this Stefan that, that explains. We, we go back and look at this mobile position of Christ. How, how can I be at peace in all these different circumstances? Give me something. Okay. What are Christ's last words on this planet? As far as we know. I am with you. What? I'm with you always. I'm with you to the ends of the earth. Peace is a mobile position because Christ is mobile. That's why. This is why you can always be at peace. Because Christ is always with you. If you are with Christ, you are at peace. Because Christ is peace. Man, all these thoughts just all these like they all slam right together. I can't understand it. But if I have Christ, I am at peace. And and we're gonna try to squeeze the rest of this sermon next week into next week's sermon, if I can manage that one. To, to look at some specific applications, because, because it's one thing to speak generally of this. 
but I give you a general thought. And then we go out. It's uh, you know, I, I forget the the quote exactly, but you know, uh, they they said no no plan survives first contact with the enemy or whatever. It's like like you come up with a plan and like ah, oh, I I didn't expect this situation to happen. Now what? That was a great wonderful general thing, but you gave me no real practical information of how to put this into practice. And we'll look at some specific applications of this. How to be passive. I can't make peace. Christ made it. How can I be at peace? I can tell you to begin with. Try in your mind to be with Christ. To picture being at Christ in a, in a, a moment of turmoil. A moment where we've talked about not being at control. And those things. Relying on Christ. And we will continue this next week.